Good morning. Gosh, what a blessing to be back here again. I, I'm glad for many reasons. I'm glad for <laughs> warm weather, huh? Praise the Lord. It was a long winter, even in Virginia Beach. I, I, I'm also, we're, we're just glad to be here, too. What a blessing. We were able to be a part of a prayer meeting you guys had right prior to service. And gosh, it was just a great, you know, you can really gauge gauge a fellowship by its prayer meeting and by what people are praying for. And, and you guys just touched my heart. And Pam and I are just, we, wanna, we wanted to spread back to our church and to have such a compassion for souls and such a passion for Jesus. And gosh, I saw that in the prayer meeting so well. And, and what a blessing. We were glad to be a part of that. I'm glad to know you're a pastor. Let me tell you something else I'm glad. I'm glad you're having a bake sale today. Randy, I didn't know that, that Tim is really serious about this healthy food thing. You know, years ago, 100 years ago, when I was a young pastor, when people gave you a fruit basket, it was pretty much that. That's what it was. It was, it was fruit and M&Ms and Snickers and all that kind of stuff. And Tim and Sarah gave us a fruit basket, and it was interesting. <laughs> Some of the words were beyond my ability to pronounce or read when I was looking at what it was made of. Most of it uh, was, was, was I'd never seen it before. Um, grains and <laughs> vitamins. And there, 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 was, there was even soap in there, and that was interesting. I didn't know if I was supposed to wash or eat it. I, I, <laughs> Just not, just from Virginia Beach, you know, just not. So um, I had a nice dinner at one of your restaurants not far from here, and man, I woke up around midnight, man, just with this sugar crave. So I suited up, and from the third floor, I dropped to the first floor with a parachute. Because no one's home, they're gone. And I just know something's in this refrigerator. Now, we, we were told that we couldn't have free reign around the house. I wouldn't do anything that they, Sarah or Tim didn't want us to do. Pam's sleep, and I'm, just, I'm looking for something that's going to add to my weight. <laughs> that, that was the covert mission. <laughs> to get, <laughs> take back up. I looked in the refrigerator, and it's all the same stuff we're eating. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh. And Tim is serious about this. But I'm glad. I'm glad, I tell you. I'm glad, very glad that Tim is, and I'm glad you're having a bake sale. Do that. <laughs> God bless you. Please open your Bibles to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. We are very appreciative of what we got. We even got some soap, honey. That I'm, praise the Lord, we don't have to eat it. We can wash with it. It is a blessing for us to be back here with you guys. You guys are a friend. Of, you're a friend of ours, too, as we, we desire to be a friend of yours. And, and we had a time of prayer, I told you before. You guys do that regularly here at the church. And, and what a great opportunity to join together, just visions together as far as our churches. And, and one of the things is we, we both share a, a desire, and not that, but, but a great anticipation that God's going to do a great work in, in, in Virginia. It's become our home 17 years ago. And, and it became from California, never looking back, knowing that this was, was our, our, our oldest son was a part of this church years ago. And he was at VCU, and the church was in a, was in a school, and, and, and we're blessed. Our sons are doing well in the Lord, and things have done well. And it had everything to do with, with making that, that trip here and coming here and letting this be our home and not some other place. And I, and I say that because all of us are called to move into areas that are unfamiliar to us. It pretty much Abraham, Abraham was called to go somewhere. He didn't know where he was going. He was just called to trust the Lord and keep walking that way. And I want to encourage you guys. This is not a part of the sermon, by the way. This is free and extra. I, I want to encourage you guys <laughs> To continue to move in that, because I do believe God wants to do a great thing. We, in Virginia Beach, we claim the fact that you know we're we're, we're the birthplace, the Christian birthplace of America. That's where they plant the cross, man. They came over, then they moved up toward you know Yorktown and and all those other places. But we, 
are the first place they hit <laughs> in Virginia Beach. And I believe God wants to do a great work, not only in Virginia Beach, but, he, but here too in the capital city of Virginia. And I, and I believe, I believe it, it, it's coming. And I, and I just want to be ready for it. There's all kind of preparation that comes for it. One of the things is you're in a great Bible teaching church. You're hearing the word of God. You're in a church that worships God in spirit and in truth. And with that, prepares you and I for what God wants to do wants to do in the future. Praise the Lord for that. Psalm 91, we're going to look at just the last three verses. Let me read them now. Psalm 91, verses 14 to 16. This is a, um, this is prophetical. This is, the psalmist probably, gosh, as he's writing this, speaking this, understands now it turns toward how he was first writing about how God is the one that we dwell in his presence and we dwell in the secret place, verse 1, and talks about how God is our covering. And, and, it, and it talks about also about, about Jesus and how angels are given charge over him and, and taking care of him. And then the father begins to talk, yes, to Jesus, no doubt, but he's also talking to you and me. When, he, when in verse 14 he says, because he has set his love upon me. We sung a song, our first song was about how God sets his love on us. He says, because the person who sets his love upon me, therefore, because they do that, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Look at verse 16. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word again. Thank you, Lord, that this comes, this comes easy because these are people who are used to hearing your word. So, Father, I pray that what I communicate from this feeble body to these people, let it come alive in you. As we, as we talk about today and encourage us to set our love on you and what are the great benefits in doing that, we thank you and ask you to speak through your spirit in Christ's name. Amen. It's with Peter that Jesus has a, a clearly confrontation. We see this confrontation in John chapter 21 where G Jesus just overlooks everyone else and looks over at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, I would assume, is, is taken back by that. You, you know I love you. Okay, then, then you can, you're released now to do what I want you to do, feed my sheep. And then Jesus, as if he forgot the first time, asks him again, Peter, you, you love me? And Peter, let me add something to it. Do you love me more than these? These guys here. Because I know in, in the last three years you've developed a relationship with them, and you, do you love do you love me more than them? And and Peter gets a little you know a little disturbed by it because maybe he didn't hear me the last time, or even worse, maybe he didn't believe me. You, you know I love you, and then my gosh, as you know, he asks him a third time, and every time Peter says affirmative, affirmative, yes I do. And then with that, Jesus now releases him. Okay, now do what, I, what I've called you to do and be. I believe that this challenge of love for God should be common in our lives. I believe it's not just Peter who gets this, this sense of, do you love me, this sense of challenge. But I believe we all should. And I believe this kind of stuff comes in your, morning, your daily or morning whenever you do a devotions. It comes in devotional time where, where Jesus himself will, will speak to our hearts and say, just so you can hear the, the, the affirming of it, do you love me? Do you, do you love God? And I'm going to talk about today, because the Bible clearly talks about in these verses, the benefit of loving him. There's a benefit. He gives a list. I love lists. And he just gives, runs a list off of things that are going to happen to people who do that. People who... He says in verse 14, set their love on God. That word love means to, to have a, a deep longing and, and a clinging devotion, a holding, I guess the word would translate better, a holding devotion. It is someone who is, who is clinging, holding, but it's also someone who longs, has a deep longing 
for God. It is everything of the emotional love that we should have for God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And I want to encourage you this morning. I really do. I don't don't want to bum you out. I'm not questioning your love for the Lord. This is not one of those kind of messages. This is a a, a message that I believe that Christ or a word that Christ would would want to give regularly to our lives. He would want to, to speak this to us. So as the Father does this to Jesus, the Father also speaks this to us. Do do, do you love me? Is your love set on me? And if it is set on me, let me me tell you what's just going to come in your life just naturally, what I'm going to do in in response to your love. It's a blessing because I saw it many times this weekend. Sarah has in one of their family rooms there at the house they have from, from 1 John. We love him because he first loved us. And and that's where we need to start. And I I want you to to be encouraged to know that our love for God, it it thrives out of our understanding. Here's the first thing. Our understanding that he first loved us. I'm not going to be able to give, I'm not going to release love to him. What's love? It's It's that deep longing and that clinging devotion. I'm not going to be able to do that without having my soul saturated with the fact that he loves me. Now, the Bible says this, and boy, this is, this is a biggie. The Bible says that it's, it's by way of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is placed, some old King James, I think, saints, is shed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, or it's placed, transmitted. The love of God, yes, not just the understanding of it, which is we need to understand it. But there's something that needs to go beyond understand. You know, you and I grew up, if you grew up in the church, you and I grew up with this, this particular understanding. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, believe me, I'm not tearing that down right now, okay? But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. You probably need, you're going to need a little bit more than just the Bible telling you so. Even though the Bible's true enough. There's the Holy Spirit who comes and does something that you and I are not capable of doing. And that's having his love, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, his love placed into our hearts. My gosh, and that goes beyond that understanding point. It is something in my soul. Many people, not to say they never had it, but many people don't live in that realm, that, that kind of transmission. And, and it's no, no wonder that, that we can always struggle. Insecurity is always going to, for a Christian, is always going to be born out of a person who is not secure that God loves them. If, if we're not secure in his love for us, oh, that's when we're going to struggle. Jesus himself it says it in Mark, first person, talking about the father talking to the son. Right after Jesus is baptized, it says the people heard thunder, but, but John the Baptist and Jesus heard what the Father said. And the Father said at first person in the book of Mark, you are my beloved son. He was saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you. And I tell you this, Jesus didn't, I don't think at all, he said, oh, yeah, I know that, thanks, that's cool. Another verse to fill the Bible up with, you know. Keep making the book bigger, Dad. No, he wasn't doing that, man. Jesus needed to hear that. Jesus, being fully man and fully God, fully man, needed to have all insecurity dealt with because he's going into a world that the majority ain't going to receive it. And you've got to be secure with those figures. <laughs> PR was not something Jesus had. <laughs> and, and Jesus said the road to to heaven is narrow, few find that the road to destruction and hell is broad. And he said, many will find it. You know, that's a sad thing to think that more people are going to go to hell than will go to heaven. And it's a bummer. And Jesus comes on the scene now bringing a message of salvation that people are not going to take heed to. Majority won't. He needs to know in the midst of this, I love you. You're my beloved son. I love you. And in what you face and when I face it, 
every day. Just living life, whether it's you and being a parent or you living with cancer, you got to know God loves you. And that love is going to bring that security that we all need. We love him because he, he loves us. God is love, and that, and that love is three things. You know this, I'm sure. You're, you're taught well. That love is, first of all, just, just for just for sense of replay here. You, you and I know that God's love is, first of all, unconditional. The unconditional agape love of God. That, that's why it just blows our minds. It's like the peace of God. It surpasses our understanding. I just can't comprehend that. That God is not going to love you any more tomorrow than he does right now. God said, I'm going to make it simple for you. He gives us the verse in 1 John. God is love. <laughs> he just love. <laughs> just take it that way. He is love. And there's an unconditional love that, that is extended toward you. An, a, affection and, and just, just devotion to you. God's love is also unwavering. Hallelujah. Because I waver, you know, and, and, and we mess the word love up all the time. You know, yes, I love God, but I also love cheesecake. <laughs> and sometimes they, they kind of like the same. <laughs> I, I love God, yes, but yet there's other things that, that, that I have affection toward. And you do too, that, that sometimes get in the way. Jesus made it very clear, you can't serve two masters. And, and, and you and I have to always be coming to that, that point of make, making that clear in our souls, in our minds, that you know what, God's going to be first. God's going to be first. Keith Green, the, the great songwriter in the 70s and 80s, wrote, wrote concerning his marriage. He says, I told my wife when we wed... I'd rather be found dead than to love you more than the one who saved my soul. Wow. Wow. Told you that on your marriage day. Man. But, but that's almost foreign to us. And, and, and I'm not at all saying you love your spouse less, but you, but you can't love your spouse more. And that'll get in the way. It'll get in the way of setting our love on God, like here. He loves us. He doesn't, it's unconditional. It's unwavering. And then lastly, it's unending. Jeremiah, man, we get this from the Old Testament. Jeremiah says, God quoting, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's from the Old Testament, man. And, and that comes from the time of the law. Even before the dispensation of grace, God is love. And it's an everlasting love. An everlasting love that he wants you and I to, to understand. God loves us, and we love him because he loved us first. God loves you, first of all, because he made you. I hope you have that sealed in your heart. He made you. You, you, are, you are not just a product of your mom and daddy having a good time. And believe me, I'm sure they had a good time. I hope so. And... <laughs> And you're, and, and, but, but it was more than that. It was bigger than that. The, we believe that the conception, right, at, man, that conception is life. That's why you and I don't kill babies in the womb. Because we believe in, in, in that life. And it's, it's not political for us. It's moral. It's holy for us, life. It ain't about a political thing. But God made you, made you. I want you to, to, to really, if you, if you hadn't, let let that wash through your mind and soul. Maybe before the sun sets today. After the bake sale. <laughs> let, let that just run through your soul. The fact is God made me. And, and in making me, he loves me. Not only made you, he saved you. We know that. He saved you. He sent. He did it. It's all a work of grace. Christmas is every day. For, for God so loved the world, he sent his son. We couldn't reach to him, so he came down to us. He saved us. He met us. It's, we are saved by grace alone. We have faith in that grace of God. And in Jesus, 
as our Savior. Oh, it's, it's not that complicated. We make it complicated. You know, we, we, we have a thing that we, we mostly will videotape testimonies because, you know, man, whether it's a preacher or whoever, man, you, you got to be careful giving people a pulpit. Live. So we, we videotape stuff so we have right of edit, editing, you know what I'm saying? But one of the things that, that people commonly say, and I don't think they're wrong, I don't think these people are not in touch with God's grace. It's just that we get used to saying, people will say, yeah, I was out there, man. I was out there, but I found God. And people, yeah. What do you mean you found God? He wasn't lost. <laughs> what about God finding you, brother? You didn't find him. Like, I went everywhere, and then, ha-ha, God. <laughs> you know, it's like you find your keys when you lost them. I got them. I got them. And when we do that, it, it, again, it, 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 I think it's a simple, but yet I think a, a crucial mistake to make. I, I got to keep in mind that God found me. Hallelujah. I, I'll know more of the love of God when I know he's found me more, more than me finding him. I can say I found God because I'm smart. I'm not. I'm not. No, he found me because I was lost. I was lost. And now I'm found, like the song, Amazing Grace. And, and it's all about, gosh, connecting with that grace. You're not, you're not ignorant to this. I know you're taught this. And that's, that's, that's probably one of the key distinctives of a Calvary Chapel ministry is grace. Understanding that it's done by God. It is initiated by God and done by God. That is really important. Let me tell you, you ain't got to go far. Go see it on your own TVs or a bunch of other churches. Not to put down churches, but there's a lot of people out there not, not delivering grace. And people are thinking that, that I need to do something. I need to do something. No, what you need to is receive something. <laughs> and that's, the Bible says this way, grace for grace. Gosh, that's neat. Grace for grace. I mean, it's all about grace. All we bring to the table is us. <laughs> I don't bring anything else to the table. The table's already been done. The cross. That's why we call our churches Calvary Chapel, because it's the cross. We, everything is at the cross that we need and we have. Praise the Lord for that. He loves you because he made you, saved you, and also he, we, we love him, or he loves or showed his love for us because he holds us, he keeps us. And I hope you're aware of that today. And I, my heart goes out to people who've lost a sense of the fact that God is keeping them, holding them, that God is, that God is preserving them. And, and we, we live in a world today that a lot of people question that because of things that happen to them, things that, that happen to them, things that goes along with their lives. And, and, and a life that is shaken up, broken up, beat up. We had a family just... They just found this girl. God bless her. Bless this family, man. Found her dead, man, in Fredericksburg. Been looking for her for a few weeks now. And she was everything of just a beautiful girl, I understand. Last summer, we had a kid that was killed in one of our Norfolk Christian schools. He was the worship leader at Norfolk Christian schools. Some, some evil person going down the street shooting a gun because he's mad at the world. And he's out shooting a gun and hits this kid, kills him instantly. Kid had so much promise and future. We see on earth. We know he's with the Lord. Hallelujah. But it doesn't seem right when parents have to bury children. Now, I understand, and I know you do too, how easy it would be for a parent to have a little issue with God now. Because life hasn't been dealt to them what they perceive as fair. A girl in our church just miscarried her baby last week. I asked her when we went to the house the other day, and I said, how you doing? She said, okay, how you really doing? How you feeling about God? And, and, and she started crying. I understand that. I'm like, oh, come on, where's your faith? I told her, I'm going to bring you a book back, and it's titled, I'll Hold You in Heaven Someday. She said, I need that. Because life throws stuff at you. And, and we forget, we forget, don't we, that God is still holding us. And he still loves us. So God shows his love because he made us, saved us, 
and because he holds us. I want you to be aware and open to that. Now, let's look at the verse here, or the verses here, and then we're done. There, there, there's some quick things that God says here, that those who will love me, those who, I, here again, who will set their love on me, that there's a fixed love on God, verse 14. And, that, and that's something that, again, you only get the help from God to do that. You and I are incapable. And in some cases, be honest, unwilling to do that. You know, stuff gets in the way. Stuff gets in the way of me loving God like I should. I need the Holy Spirit to set that love, man, and keep me loving that way. And you can have that help from God. Praise God. We can all have that. These are some promises that God gives, and I love it that the Bible says that, man, that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Can you say amen? I would take that, huh? All the promises of God are, are, are yes and amen. They, they are affirmative. They're true. They're true, and they're also they're sure. Amen. Amen. He says, let's look at the list. First one is, I will deliver you. I will deliver you. You and I find ourselves in different pits in life, emotionally, physically, literally sometimes. <laughs> Feels literally. We, 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 we descend into a place and we're trapped. And there needs to be deliverance from that or we're trapped by something. Something holds on to us. And, and man, you and I need to know and that God, God, God loves you so much that, that he would, and he will, he, he, he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll deliver you from things that have caused you to, to only see things darkly or, only, or don't see things at all where you're free, freedom to do. You, you, you evaluate it. You know where you are. I don't have to dig this out of you. All of us know when we're in a place, we're, we're in a place that, that this is a place I need to be delivered out of. People deal with, with depression that way. I'm not against it all. Therapy, I'm not against medication. I'm saying God will use, God will come and, and, and take you out of places. Okay? Again, I'm not against anything of a doctor helping for that. Sometimes you need that. But whether it's depression, discouragement, whether it's, it's an area, let me tell you, here's another one, another D. <laughs> Denial. Denial. You hadn't accepted the very fact is that this is something you just need to fess up to and, and realize that this did happen. Yes, you were, you were done wrong or whatever. So you, and we need sometimes to be delivered out of things like that. Again, emotionally, um, things that we're in. Um, you guys, bless my heart, I was talking to Sarah about just about the prison work and you guys are going tonight to and the work you do with the youth. And man, we have a thriving ministry, a prison ministry that God just gave to us. It's dropped on our lap. And then we're talking to Sarah earlier, and we were talking about, man, we wouldn't be doing this if Jesus hadn't said, when you go into jail, guess what? You visit me. Well, if Jesus hadn't said that, we wouldn't be, we'd be in children's hospitals. We'd be any other way to prison. We ain't going there. But my gosh, we see the face of Jesus transform on guys like we see guys that are locked up and women who are locked up if to make themselves available to God God does a precious work of deliverance deliverance we in the, in the state prisons they wear a, a name tag and the big words offender offender and we remind them all the time, that used to be you. And, and you're doing your time, and we encourage, do your time, do, do your time every last day. But when you walk out of here, we want you free. We want you free from the guilt. We want you free from, from, from anything, because you paid your time. But more than that, Jesus has paid the price <laughs> for you to be born again and redeemed. And, and seeing people do that, seeing guys come to that, oh my gosh, what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is. I will deliver you. Be encouraged, he wants to deliver you. Look at the next one. I will set you on high because you have known my name. That's promotions in life. There are things that God wants you higher in. Wants you higher in. And we all got them. We all got them where I live too comfortably at a lower level, at a lower place. When God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, you, you no longer are to be the tail. I'm going to make you the head. Yeah. 
See, that, that, that's God reconditioning with his word, Israel, who are coming out of Egypt. Man, that's 40 years a long time. That's generation after generation after generation. He even says it one time in the Old Testament, one of the prophets said, God will deliver you from the reproach of Egypt, the shame of Egypt. There, there are people in this room right now, myself included, that, that God is setting you up higher, delivering you, taking you up above different reproaches, shames, that have come in your life. And notice the high thing that he says, I will set you or set him on high. And it's because he's known my name. It's because God, you know that God wants to do that, that he is named for doing that kind of stuff. Where he takes people who, who are all busted up and messed up and sets them. Higher. I, you got to get to a place, and we all have to get to a place where I am tired of living at this level. But here's the scary thing. Like, he, like the children of Israel in Egypt. See, when it got hard out in the desert, how could they even get the words up to come out of their mouth? We were better off than Egypt. Really? Eating onions? We're slaves. But see, that's the kind of weirdness that happens and Satan tries to play with us. And a lot of times you and I become dangerously settled. And we need to always be moving toward the upward, Paul called it the upward call of God. My mother was right many times when she would say to me, you better than that. You are better than that. That was always to the response of me doing something that was totally off the wall. You're better than that. And there is a better within all of us. It's the person that God has made us to be. Peter, in chapter 3 of 1 Peter, calls it the hidden person of the heart. There's a person that is sometimes trapped, sometimes hindered, suppressed. And Christ wants that person to come out. That's just the real you. And it comes out when you and I are lifted up, set on higher places. Gosh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Moving on. He shall call upon me. He says the next one. He shall call upon me. Verse 15. And I will answer him. You know, I remember the first time looking at that. And praise God for the Holy Spirit who just revealed something saying to me. That this is, this is real prayer, Thomas. This is a real prayer life. Is that you're having a time with me, you're asking me, and I'm answering you. Not, not that he's always answering me, yes, okay, whatever you want. I'm not saying that. Nobody's giving answer. Because sometimes I don't like it, but I need to hear no from God. No. No, you're not to start a church in Jamaica. No, they don't need another Calvary Chapel in Hawaii. <laughs> but I'm just feeling this from the... No, you ain't feeling nothing but the luau's, bruh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you and I would, would run amok if left to myself, thinking that God gives some carte blanche because people misinterpret the psalm that says, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. No, that means he's going to put desires in your heart. He's going to put what, what he wants. My gosh, if God give me everything I want, I would have flew a Learjet here this morning. <laughs> I, I, I want stuff too. But God didn't, didn't guarantee stuff, substance. But this has to do with, with God. You, you're getting an answer. You're getting an answer readily. You're getting an answer surely. And a lot of Christians, myself included, kind of move in prayer. And what we do is, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Waiting what? Really waiting to hear him. And I'm not suggesting God has to answer right away. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying in some cases he does. He's the one that said redeem the time for the days are evil. There's some things God, we need to get moving on. I, I've, been, I've been feeling really, really uh, right in telling people who, and encouraging people who come to my office about issues of decision in their lives. Should I get out the Navy or not? 
you know, should I, should I do, make this investment? Should I go back to school and get my master's degree? And I, I, I've been very comfortable in telling people, you know what? Hurry up and find out what God wants. You don't have the time just to wait around when, when you and I are called to seize things. Well, I don't want to do stuff quick. I don't want to do fast. Remember, Jesus told Judas, do what you do quickly. As if everything quickly has to be wrong. No, I'm talking about doing things assuredly. Now, this happens when something happens because we set our love on God. It says here, he says, he shall call upon me and I will answer. I will, I will answer yes, no, or wait. I will answer. And I love it to, to see Christians as a pastor. And I know your pastor does also. We love it to see that the people we serve, when they know what God wants for their lives. That you would understand, like Paul said in Ephesians, understand what the will of the Lord is. Gosh, we love it. We love it when you understand what the will of the Lord is. And, and there's something about having that love set on God, what a blessing, and having that love set, and then that love being set, it opens prayer life in a sure, sure way. Sure way. Doesn't take away the labor of prayer. <laughs> Jesus labored in the garden three times, back and forth, trying to keep them guys away. And, and, and labored. And take Paul. Paul had to labor in prayer about that thorn in the flesh thing. I said, I went to the Lord three times about this thing. And, and I'm not taking away the labor, but, but it's the surety of knowing that God wants to answer. That's what I'm saying with that. The next one says, look what he says here in verse 15. I will be with him, because he sets his love on me, I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. What a what a blessing to know whatever trouble comes in your life, you will have the, the, the surety that God is with you. And, and that's what you and I really need. That's what you and I really need, to know that God is with you. Some of you guys remember years ago, baby Jesse. Baby Jesse was, uh, now baby Jesse's 20-something years old. It's an article, the anniversary. Baby Jesse in Texas fell in a well. And, and, and she, and it was, it was, gosh, I mean, she was only about two years old or something, fell in this well. And, and she went down so far that they couldn't get her from the top. They had to dig around, and it was going to take some time. And right as she fell, she's crying, man. She's just weeping and crying and, and, it's, and obviously afraid. She's in this dark place. She's, when they brought her out, her hand was up like this because it had been there for the multiple hours that she had been. But, but here she is crying. Someone got an idea. Someone got an idea. It took a speaker took a small speaker, and they put the speaker down, lowered it down in the hole, and gave her mother a microphone and said, talk to her. And mom, Jesse, this is mommy. Jesse, you are okay. And I love you, Jesse. I love you. And something happened as the mother talked eventually, and that was they were afraid of. They couldn't hear Jesse no more. They couldn't hear, and they wondered if she succumbed to the lack of oxygen. But praise God, no, she didn't. She just fell asleep. And they were able to get her out and save that little girl. But it was the voice of knowing someone who really loved her. Couldn't been the fireman, Jesse, Captain George Hamilton. I love you, Jesse. You're going to be okay. It ain't working, man. Jesse has to hear from God, and you do too. And I, want, and I want you to hear this this morning from the Lord. I want you to hear this morning that he'll be with you, that he's with you. I am. We're seeing people in all kinds of trouble, man. Trouble from loss of work that they've had for 15 years. Whoever thought the company was going to fold. Or someone who... My gosh, we have one of my neighbors. My heart goes out to her. Because here's the girl. This girl was, was man, she, she's been an uh, inspiration for me. I mean it. I, I'm, I'm dealing with this battle of the bulge thing. And I got to. Because I don't need to be getting or having diabetes only because I can't stop going to Golden Corral. That's stupid. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be one thing if I got diabetes because it was, you know, like, like my dad had it. <laughs> my dad is going to be 96 years old this July 1st. <laughs> and, and, I, and the doctor said it, but I don't like him. But the doctor said, <laughs> he, 
you know, your, your numbers for diabetes is going up. And, it, and he said, I'm pretty sure. I've seen it, Pastor. I've seen people who, who dropped the weight and diabetes is gone. So, so I, I've heard from the people, but this lady, Yvonne, God bless me, Yvonne ate the organic food and everything like that, and now, now she's suffering with, 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 with breast cancer. And, 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 and man, I saw her the other day because of the radiation. The hair's gone. His face is small because of the loss of weight. But you know what? The hair may be gone. The face may be small, but her faith is so great. She's a believer. <laughs> but stuff like, why did it happen to Yvonne? That stuff happens to people who even take care of themselves or whatever. But whatever trouble, whatever trouble you find yourself in, God will be with you. He'll be with you. And he wants to let you know he's there. Moving on, three more. I will deliver him and honor him. Notice now we say delivering again, but it says this delivering is a delivering from a, 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 a situation or a circumstance that, that needs honor again restored. It obviously is there in the statement. I will deliver him and honor him. Um, here's a person that is in a situation that was very dishonorable. They get delivered from that, and God gives them honor. Again, I think, again, about the guys in prison and the guys that we minister to. we got guys doing double digits, man. we got a guy in our church came from the prison. He did 12 years. Um, just, just messed up. But it's a blessing because I did his wedding. And, and, and a year later and a half, I dedicated his baby girl. <laughs> And, and, we're saying, and I had him grace our pulpit one Sunday and share the word because God delivers and honors again. I, I, I don't know what you and, and we all have them. We all have things where, where I've been less than honorable. This is what, what has happened, what has happened to me. What I am, I, it's my fault. I'm not trying to do the blame game here. It's something that's my fault. But God says, I'll deliver you from that and honor you. And I don't know who's here who's maybe been through a divorce, or you're here. We got a guy at our church. You've seen him before. Guys get, guy gets saved. And I never thought about it. And, and oh, he, had, you know, he had really long hair. He works construction, electrician and building construction. And he asked me, Pastor, yes. You know, he's, he's rough. You know, he's kind of rough background. You know why I wear long sleeves? And I never thought about it. You do, don't you? Even in the summer. And he rolled up his sleeves and showed me why this guy had this guy had some tattoo work. And he said, "You know what the sad thing is, Pastor? What I don't remember getting them. I was so stoned out of my mind." And I said, "I said, brother, let me tell you something, and I mean this. I'm looking forward to the day you're not ashamed. Not that the tattoos at all display anything godly or holy. They don't." But, but on a hot day, I'm going to look forward to the day you can come to church and wear a T-shirt. <laughs> Knowing that, you know what, we don't see that no more. We see the, the beauty of Jesus being transformed in your life. And, and, and six months, eight months later, wearing short sleeves to church now. And, and I'm glad. And I told him, anybody say anything about it, I'll kick him out of here. <laughs> It's not uncommon that we dedicate single mothers. Single mothers. Oh my gosh, yes, you asked me, yeah, I'll do it. That is great. You want to do you, I want to get my life started right. I want to bring up my child right. Daddy's, daddy ain't going to be here, but I'm going to be here. Can you come on up? And we love that child. And, and something like a baby is beautiful. We didn't, what, we wanted her to abort it? No. And, and we pray and we, we, we bring back, we, well, we ask God to help us bring back honor. Honor. And whatever it may be for you, think about that for you. I just encourage you to, to let the Lord do that. You and I do something unconsciously, and, and it's not literally, but we do it in a, in a, in a, in a mentally. It's that we're always dusting off. I'm, you know, every, every day when I come to you, I'm always making sure that I don't present something to you. That's less than what I want you to see. 
I had a, I had a real awakening in my church. I don't know if I told you this before. I don't, I don't know if I was here, but when this happened, but um, I had I had over eight thousand dollars worth of cosmetic surgery done on my teeth. I'd always wanted straight teeth. I always wanted this Donny Osmond kind of, <laughs> you know. And and I remember being a kid in Compton in L.A. growing up. I just couldn't have that. That just wasn't happening. We wasn't getting that. And man, I, I, I had a guy do this. Dennis in our church, cosmetic surgery in our church. And here's the first Sunday coming to church. Man, I'm walking up there Sunday. And I've been walking around. People have seen me. And not one person has said, you, you lose any weight or something? At least something. And so I get up in the pulpit. Man, now I'm overextending in the smiles. Get my iron name. <laughs> and only people noticed was that dental hygienist in our church. <laughs> you got some work, did you, Pastor Tom? <laughs> I had some moles. I had a bunch of moles on my face. Had to remove. I was I was surprised he did it so quickly. Went to my dermatologist. He was bored. Nobody was coming. Hey, can you get these off? Heck yeah! You ready? Yeah, go for it. Zip. Same thing. I walk in the church. Get a haircut. <laughs> oh. No. And here's the reality is, God is able to shine through all that stuff we think he can. All that stuff we feel that's dishonorable, like crooked teeth, or, or stuff like, you know, having moles. They don't see it. I used to think they saw it every Sunday. Look at that Winnie the Pooh looking pastor up there. <laughs> oh, piglet. Where's the honey? He says, I can, I can honor you in spite of your, your condition right now. And, and some of us need to realize that if we're ever going to be a, a witness of effectiveness in these last days, I will deliver him and honor him. I will satisfy him, next one, with long life. With long life, I will satisfy him. That's just having a good life. Good life. I will satisfy him. Um, Jesus says, I come that you may have life, Zoe, and have life more. He's talking about quality of life. Quality of life, he's, he's talking about there. Um, this is not just long life, but yes, it is that too. And, and longevity is not, we need to come to the place like Paul came, but Paul says to live as Christ, to die as gain. That's a person who has the right balance. And that's not a person with a death wish. That's just a person who realizes it's far better to be in heaven than be here. But, but the reality of a, of a, of a satisfied, that I will satisfy him, has everything to do with your life and my life being a quality of life, significant life, a life that, that's meaningful in, excuse me, in who we are and what we do for God. The last one on the list, I'll show him my salvation. I will show him the greatness of my salvation, really. That word, the greatness, the word show you, obviously reveal. Salvation is, is the ultimate deliverance that you and I have. And you and I need to see the greatness of that. The greatness, number one, in the love and the mercy and the power of that. That's why you and I are told Jesus tells us to have communion regularly. See, Because you and I just, we would have never thought of that. Hey, let's just take some time and really look at what was offered for our salvation. We wouldn't have done that. Thank God Jesus did it, told us to do that. So we hold that bread that represents his body. We hold that cup and that juice that represents his blood. And we see the love and the mercy and the power of it. And I need God to show me that. Because if I don't see that regularly, lack of a better phrase, it just gets old. And for a lot of Christians, sadly, their Christianity has got old. I need to have that refreshing of his salvation. And if I set my love on him, if you set your love on him, verse 14, praise the Lord, we will have that. Let me close with this. And there's a story how, how God kind of brought this home for me, this setting the love on thing. We have some, some this is my goddaughter at church, and they have a little dog. And, and they should have named the dog something else other than Tyson. That's the name of the dog. And it's a little dog. It's about the size of a hamster. And, and, and 
And I don't know why they name it. You think of Tyson, you think of a pit bull, you think of, you know, a rock water. Tyson's like, you know. So her, so this all comes together. I, I have to go over there and get the kids because she has some she has to do. She's a school teacher here, Newport News, and and I'm gonna pick up the kids, so I gotta go pick up DJ from school. And then I gotta go get the twins at the bus stop. So I gotta, I'm getting all this right. So I go to the house early because I wanna make sure things there. Make a little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's the routine. I don't wanna break the routine. That's what they get when they come home. So I go to the door. She's put the key for me there. And I go to the door. As soon as I hit the door, Tyson realizes that this ain't them coming home. And, and Tyson is like, I can hear him just, you know, he's like, you know, that little hamster bark that he does. And as soon as I open the door, Tyson stops it. <laughs> Pastor Thomas! He said, I didn't know it was you. They didn't tell me you were coming over. Tyson talks like that. And he's like, I don't, and Tyson does victory laps around the house. <laughs> Pastor Thomas, you're here, great. Now, see, Tyson loves me because I know that that food in that little plate don't look all that good. So. I go to the, the meat tray in the refrigerator and bring out a little piece of turkey. Here you go, Tyson. I go right to the meat. He knows, yes, yes, please, because they don't feed me around here. Please don't take you like you. So I give him the meat. His water has been knocked over because he made the victory lap. Thank you, Beth. They, they, they never change that thing. They never, when you talk to them about that, they never change it. So I put him against some new water. Tyson's like, hey, you going so happy. I got a few minutes before I got to pick up DJ. And so I sit down on the couch. Tyson, now he ain't supposed to jump up on the couch. Tyson gets up on the couch and starts circling around my knee. And then he sits down and lays his head on my knee and takes a breath. <laughs> I love you, Pastor Thomas. <laughs> and you know what I did? Got him another piece of meat. Tyson set his love on me. I'll give him whatever he wants. And God is greater than Tyson. He wants you to set your love on him. It happens by John. You know the situation. The apostle John, who had no problem saying, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. It says that an incident of him taking his head and laying it on Jesus' chest. I want you to see that picture because I think that's setting our love on Jesus. Long, deep longing, clinging devotion. I'm setting my love on him. Set your love on God today. And find all these great things will just flow in your life. Amen? Yeah. I'm done. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the, your goodness and love. Thank you that you loved us first. And that's why we love you. So help us, love, help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to let your love be placed into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. To bring us to that place of understanding that you love us unconditionally, unwavering, forever. Thank you for your word. Let your word now be just rooted into our hearts. Father, again, we pray for Pastor Tim and Sarah and the girls. Like someone already prayed, give them traveling mercies and bring them back home. And thank you for this wonderful church, this wonderful people, and their wonderful commitment to you. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.